All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the Hustle Podcast. Um, and we had such a great conversation with Ted that we just carried this on to a part two of really understanding the culture around uh, where you've built your business. Um, if you didn't catch our first episode, it was all about kind of the framework of your, you know, core values of Pinebrook Financial Group. So if this is your very first time joining the Hustle podcast, we are all about just deep diving into different businesses, um, entrepreneurs like yourself, and understanding how you built your wealth and the hustle around what you do every day. So we didn't really talk about it in our first episode with you, um, but I really kind of want to know for somebody who is inspired by the financial aspect or even in general, just building something, um, what would you say, like, you know, you had the background with your family and the farm life and that <laughs> obviously, you know, is inspiring to see, but was not inspiring to, you know, sure, to, yeah. to carry out yourself. Um, we don't have to go through like where you graduated and everything like that, but I think it's something to be said, like, you know, Dylan and I are pretty young in our career and starting out and everything like that. And I think it's really inspiring. I know I kind of dropped the bomb at the end of the last episode, your age, but yeah. I think for some people, like people either feel like it's too late to start something. Some people think small and say, there's no way I could ever be in this position at that age. Um, so for you, where you're at, you know, being, you know, 29, having a family, being successful, um, what would you kind of see your success and failures of starting this, you know, basically with no family history of, you know, somebody's footsteps to follow sure. into? Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, many, many, many out there watching right now may not know, <laughs> but the financial world is a very, um, uh, like there's a lot of nepotism in the financial yeah. world. <laughs> it's a lot of people that take over, you know, a legacy business and things like that. And that's just not our story. Um, you know, I, I got started in um, actually private equity when mm -hmm. I first got into investments. I had the um, uh, great fortune of being able to kind of come in as an analyst and an intern uh, for a private equity group that really focused around commodities, mm -hmm. um, uh, specifically natural gas and oil developments. And, you know, it sounds super fancy, private equity, you can make a lot of money, but I found out very, very quickly that... In that environment, you're a cog in a wheel, and you know you're sitting in a, a desk. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, there's there's plenty of room for growth. It's just you're at a cubicle, you're crunching numbers, and it's a real grind. And there's not a lot of loyalty in in that in that space. Um, not that I didn't work with good people. I, I did. It just wasn't for me. Um, you know, in, in that farm environment, everything was centered around long term relationships, mm -hmm. and so. You know, I, I still loved investments, but I found out pretty quick, like I didn't want to be a cog in a wheel. I wanted to do something, you know, with what I loved, but that was centered around long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I knew I had a passion for it. It was just, where the, where the heck do I start? Right. Um, and anybody out there, um, you know, that has been, int is interested at all in starting a business. I think a lot of people are saying, how, how do I start? You know, mm -hmm. um, where do you, where do I start? And uh, at least for me, um, I, uh, had, had watched a whole bunch of content and I specifically heard someone talking about, uh, you're out there and, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're just kind of, uh, constantly listening to this, that, and the other thing, you're just a entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've heard a lot of people share that phrase and I, uh, I, it, it was definitely something that stuck out to me. I, when I heard it, it was, Mark Cuban was the guy that said it. Yeah. And, um, 
And so it, it stuck with me. And he said um, something that I've carried ever since, which was, you know, if, if you're out there and you, you want to grow a business, you're going to have to know how to communicate. You're going to have mm-hmm. to be able to sell, basically. Mm-hmm. And that is such a, uh, well, a kind of like a four-letter word in 2023. Yeah. But I ended up falling in love with communication mm-hmm. and um, relating to people. Yeah. And so I got out of uh, the private equity industry and decided to get into sales. Mm-hmm. And for several years, just focused uh, specifically on honing my ability to do exactly that, which, uh, you know, maybe sounds super intentional and exciting, but I can tell you what it <laughs> really looked like was about making tens of thousands of cold calls. And I'm not actually not kidding. Sexy. Yeah, it is. It is the opposite of sexy. Yeah. It is a grind. It is. Yeah. And uh, eventually uh, had an opportunity, um, you know, because I was, you know, very much proactively thinking, okay, if I, if I want to, to build something, I need a, you know, an avenue to do that. And um, a friend of mine in the financial services space, um, you know, kind of, uh, gave me some pointers and presented an opportunity and ended up taking that. And that was the, um, start. well, that was the start. That was yeah. the start. And it looked like, uh, and I'm not kidding, uh, door knocking, walking door to door to basically solicit folks for services, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and man, I tell you what, that like that, um, will teach you a whole lot. <laughs> you learn a lot about rejection in a unique yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember driving my car, um, you know, like every morning for, for months, I would drive all the way to literally Medford, Oregon from here, which is about two, two and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would get up, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m., drive up there, work all day, going door knocking, uh, drive back home. You know, I have... Um, a young family. So mm-hmm. my uh, oldest is 12. I have uh, a four-year-old daughter now and an, an 18-month-old. Um, now life's, at the time that busy. I started, yeah, yeah, life's busy. I mean, at the time I didn't have, you know, all the kiddos, but just one. Door knocking but, with yeah, your kids. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't bring them along. <laughs> but, you know, you can imagine, I share that just to say that you can imagine the stress that that, you know, puts yeah. on a family um, and a relationship. I, I uh, my, my wife has been incredible through the whole process. She's, you know, never... Um, no, never looked at me and said, uh, you know, hey, I just uh, can't handle, you know, the amount that you're working mm-hmm. um, or anything like that because she... There's uh, a combined vision of understanding what yeah, you're trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's really hard for a lot of families. Yeah. And um, to have, you know, uh, an excellent, exceptional partner in life is like, you know, man, ugh, geez, talk about something to be grateful for. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for years and years, that's what life looked like. It was like, Get your name it, out there. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned in the in our previous uh, conversation, like it's you have to try to build that momentum somehow, mm-hmm. and especially in this uh, in this industry, it's like trying to create that momentum is uh, it's a tedious and difficult process. It takes years. And then it's also, I mean, it's the same thing with like us building our real estate business. Yeah. It's like figuring out not your so much your elevator pitch. I hate that because I. I don't want to come across like really salesy, but it's finding really what drives you that somebody can authentically feel when you're offering your service of saying like, I understand like you're coming from a total different pay, uh, place than, you know, X, Y, and Z over here. That's just saying, I want to sell your house and it feels very salesy, you know? 
Yeah. And I, and yours might look, might've looked a little bit differently, but, um, I think it probably correlates the same way of like trying to find, well, why would I hire you or listen to you versus this? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, people talk about mentorship all the time and, you know, it's hard to find great mentors, Mm -hmm. but, um, the, the group of, uh, you know, the community of advisors that I've gotten to collaborate with and work with are some of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they run some of the most uh, highest performing, um, uh, best offices in the country that are independent. And independence mm-hmm. is a big deal for me in the financial space. I could go into a whole bunch of reasons as to why I think it's important. Um, probably say that for another day. But um, Part three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, but, but, you know, you, I, I think that the, the merit... Um, behind what you have to say, behind the way that you communicate mm-hmm. is really what actually uh, drives everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people say, you know, they don't care. Uh, people don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of truth to that. But, you know, people also want to work with people that they believe are going to get them the best results. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, how, do, how do you present that? Well, right. you know, you create a a, a stack of evidence that says, Hey, like yeah. this is what we can do. And that's why the, the first part's so darn hard. You have yeah. to, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, find you know. your data point to like, you know, basically pitch yeah. off of. And, and, um, I mentioned, uh, how, how grateful I am, especially over the last five years specifically, uh, for how our, our business has grown. It's because, you know, uh, ultimately we've done a great job for our clients. Um, yeah. you know, our clients, if they, if, if they weren't pleased with what we're doing, they wouldn't, Tell us, tell anybody about us. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, uh, they would be running away. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and obviously there's no guarantees in the financial markets and all my compliance people would look, you know, put, point their guns at me and they'd say, you know, there's no guarantees in investments. And of course there's not. But when it comes to building uh, a business, mm-hmm. of course, you know, cr- uh, offering an excellent service mm-hmm. is, um, is, is the way to go. So I, I think that um, from a path standpoint, for me, it looked like, okay, I needed to know how to communicate. I needed to know how to sell, and I had to be willing to do the to hard sacrifice. Work. Yeah, uh, whatever it took. You know, mm-hmm. I, I said to somebody even last week. You know, anytime Pinebrook has ever asked something of me, the answer has always been yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that has meant you know that the job suffers last, mm-hmm. and that has meant you know sacrifices by myself certainly and my family at times. Um, but that you know that, those sacrifices have built what the uh, the experience that our clients get to have today. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, the the success that we've been able to have and show. And so I think that the first step um, that I would tell anybody that's interested in trying to build uh, a business is you have to be you have to be willing to put yourself in that really uncomfortable position. Yep. Um. Uh, uh, of I I think learning that that style of communication, what that looks like for you, and from there, like I would tell you, I would. I believe that sales, the best sales, mm-hmm. is just bad marketing. Mm-hmm. And that means then you can get good at marketing and you can good, get good at communicating at that level to, you know, not just sort of uh, like one to one, but, right. you know, uh, talking to, to many people. Mm-hmm. And and then from there, um, you know, hopefully, that, this is to my point before, you, your service is as the quality at which that, you know, people that are coming into your world aren't just leaving and, and going and saying goodbye, mm-hmm. um, but they're staying, right? right? And so the the natural thought of that, um, it's a little different for a service business, but, you know, would be 
sales, marketing, and then product, right? What the service you're offering, you're offering is, is it an outstanding service? Because at that point, that's where, you know, if you want to think about compounding in a business, it really starts. If you do a great job for, you know, person or family number one, they might tell family number two. And All if you do, yeah. and especially like here in like our area, Reading, absolutely, um, it is so like word of mouth and small town, like, and absolutely. it is crazy. If you like piss off one person, holy cowbells, you, and, and that's, there's holy a, cowbells. <laughs> holy I cow- like that. <laughs> <laughs> holy cowbells. Uh, these are faithisms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Holy cowbells. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's just crazy. Like knowing also like where you, where you come from, but then it's like, you can move yourself. Like I think of the people like, um, that I network with and agents in LA and they're like, Oh, there's so many of us that you have to really figure out like how to weed out, like why X person's better than this. So sometimes I say that there's sometimes an advantage of small, uh, starting in a small town like Reading um, or, you know, wherever people are listening uh, yeah. to kind of have this momentum of better word of mouth. Um, because I think sometimes I'm, I mean, I might be wrong. Sometimes there's, there's pros and cons, like a big area. There might mm-hmm. be more support, m- might be more fish in the pond to like, you know, throw money at that. Um, but there may not be as much of you're just the one person, you know, uh, there's many of you. Um, whereas a small town, it's kind of like, you know, you have like word of mouth better. So, I mean, I totally agree with you that like the start of the start of it, I think a lot of people are like, oh, like I want to yeah. oh, hear it all the time. And I don't know if you hear it. Um, oh, I just want to get into real estate. I just want to, you know, sell one house a month. If I sold one house a month, like it'd be great. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. Like you yeah. go you. But like if it, if all you're focused and walking into is just to sell one house a month or get to the point of you make a $10,000 paycheck, like is that really your threshold? And is that really what your driving force is? Because like you said, and we even can agree, like we door knocked, we made phone calls, like you built it. And until you find that niche that just takes off or like that, that, that separation where new people coming to you say, Ted's different, you know, farther than these financial people because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, it's like trial by error trying to figure out what that secret sauce is. Yeah. Um, so, um, curious for building it. I mean, I think it's inspiring, like your agent, everything like that. What would you say like was your not failures, but like maybe like your lessons kind of that you took into, you know, understanding of building this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Wow. So there's so many, um, no, you know, I, I, um, absolutely. Well, you know, it's, I think that when I think about, um, the most difficult aspects of, of building a company in general. Um, because not everyone out there is going to build like a a financial firm say Mm -hmm. it's, it's the unknown unknowns. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, like you don't even know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and actually with, you know, that's something I talk with our clients about sometimes it's with their investments or with their financial situation. It's like uh, oftentimes people like they just don't know the right questions to ask when they sell a house, you know, is it better to, to remodel the kitchen or the bathroom or the, you know, X, Y, or Z it's the unknown unknowns. And so, um, you know, in like a sense, like I know as, as we've built our team at times, it's, um, it's been, okay, do we make this higher next or do Mm -hmm. we expand our, our office Mm -hmm. or do we open an office in another community Mm -hmm. to expand or do we reinvest, uh, do we reinvest here? Yeah. Um, and 
you know, thankfully I've had, you know, the, the, the opportunity, like I was saying before, to work with some just really brilliant, um, uh, advisors who've built just beautiful businesses and, you know, modeled mm-hmm. a lot of what we do here after them. Uh, and so that's why I think mentorship is so important because guess what? They can look into those unknown unknowns and mm-hmm. say, Hey, I know exactly where you are. I was there seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. I might just recommend you kind of go this way to totally. kind of have a little bit of a guide. Or I think some people just like want to reinvent the wheel. Like in our industry, it's like, hey, if somebody's doing it well, just freaking R and D it, rip off and duplicate. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I think some, I no, but I think some people are like, you know, for us, it's like, oh, like I want to send out a postcard. Okay, let me think of my own version of my postcard. It's like, no, like Sally is like killing it with her postcards with this. Like, test it out. Like, save your time, buy back your time to like, you know tap into that mentorship to understand it rather than putting all the, you know, guessing or the unknowns back on you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like real estate is an old money industry mm-hmm. and, and finance is a lot like that too. Like I yeah. was saying before, there's a lot of legacy businesses. And so, you know, you're not going to, um, it, it's not like Silicon Valley where we're like on the bleeding edge of the creation of the internet or, you know, uh, social media, like, you know, Facebook or whatever. It, you know, obviously those things sort of have impacts, of course, uh, on, on our industries. But um, you don't have to be on the bleeding edge. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot of uh, a lot of businesses out there that just still use, you know, fax machines. They don't really use a lot of online advertising or anything. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take that much more effort, just a little bit of attention to detail. To set to be, apart. To be, yeah. To set yourself apart and be 25% better. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, um, we want our clients to have a, a white glove experience when they come into our office. Mm-hmm. It just takes some attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I try to tell our team, like, you know, if you've ever been to Disneyland, they don't call everyone there just, you know, employees or staff. Mm-hmm. Um, they call them cast members. Mm -hmm. right i actually read this article speaking of disneyland this is super it's going to correlate i promise um but i actually read an article that disneyland in their stores will crank up their ac so high so that it's so cold that you can look at a sweater and still be convinced that even if it's a hundred plus degrees outside that you need a sweater because (laughs) of it and it's like it's the same way like it's like creating like um you know and it creating like a, a, a place where people feel like they deserve or they feel like, you know, they've been missing something and like they, you know, uh, like coming into your office or whatever, it's like, maybe it's just even down to, can I get you a refreshment or like, Hey, like the way that I communicate with you sure. makes me feel like I'm important to then, you know, I still think there's some correlation in my Disneyland or that was just a really random fact. Um, but, uh, but I think there's, there, there, there's a concept in business that yeah. you try to find where the consumer is thinking that you can then be two steps ahead. And I think sometimes I think like, uh, for, uh, my previous career being in nursing, like there's beauty in that because I see that career as, as a nurse, you always have to think what's, what's, what am I trying to prevent or how can I be two steps ahead of the patient going septic or having an issue? And Mm -hmm. so it's like the same way with business. It's like, how can you be two steps, three steps ahead of where a problem might lie and how can I resolve that before like a problem might come up or an objection might come up or, you know, a service could be added so that the client doesn't feel like they were left out or they have to turn to you and ask for that. And I think that's just kind of like you said, just being 25% better of adding to your business so that somebody goes, wow, this is, feels different than this person, you know? 
Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. And, and and my whole point, even with bringing up Disney to begin with, is just like you're the. I'm you're, like, yeah, AC no, yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. No, it, 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 you're, no, you're great. I, I, it's just we are the magic makers, mm-hmm. right? Like when we interact with clients, it's our job to go above and beyond to give them an experience that they haven't had before. And I know in the financial industry, things are pretty like can be pretty clinical. It can mm-hmm. feel like. Uh, you know, very just black and white, you know, just the analysis of the investments. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like uh, one thing I ask our clients really often is like, what does your perfect day in retirement look like? Because mm-hmm. yeah, like, of course, we're going to measure, you know, finances and success by all these different metrics and analysis and all these different types of things. Um, but at the end of the day, like, what's the purpose behind your money, right? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose behind financial freedom? Like, what do those days look like when you wake up in the morning? Mm-hmm. Is it like, where are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you with? Yep. How do you feel? What are you doing? Imagine that life. Yeah. And, and, um, well, certainly imagine it, but like measure it too. Like how many of those days did we have last year? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. one way to measure success would be like, let's make sure we have more of those days this year. Yeah. And next year. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's balancing the purpose behind your money with the actual, you know, the, the, uh, well, of course, the numbers side of it, right? Yeah. And so, um, anyway, I, I, the whole lead into that is, um, I, I mentioned like sales, marketing, and then product. Like the the service that you know you offer as a as a business. Like if you can make that a premier uh, a premier experience, mm-hmm. that is going to do all the 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 I'll say sales or all the marketing mm-hmm. um, that that you know. I guess you could ever try to, to project as long as you do it right. And um, I know, uh, at least for us, because of, you know, um, you know, we're a younger firm and, and then a lot of firms out there. Um, it's been so exciting to watch the last five years because, you know, we can talk about great financial principles and, um, you know, do all the analysis and the stress tests and all the things that we want. But mm-hmm. we've gotten a real um, opportunity to walk through a whole lot of volatility in the world. Yeah. You know, uh, the last three years have not been the most rosy no. <laughs> as a general a rule. And to see our clients uh, navigate uh, and navigate with them the last several years, it's like not only are we talking about good financial principles and doing the appropriate stress tests and all these things, but we get to say, okay, hey, guess what? Like we're on the other side of this now. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's, there's all kinds of things still going on in the world, but we've walked through really hard times and we can still come out on the other side and say, hey, we're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. We're in a good spot. Totally. Um, With like how, like speaking of the last three years, like, you know, obviously it's been different for like real estate as well in terms of like the adjustments and the volatility of the market in terms of interest rates and, you know, where homes were at one time and now where they are now. And there's all this like sure. fear as you kind of have new people walk in your door or you have clients now, like, um, what for the business. And I think it could be really for any person, whether you have a product with whether you have a service, whether you have, you know, some type of, you know, business like this, um, how are you navigating the changes of, you know, the market, um, sure. whether it's the, you know, principal aspect of the interest rates or the principal aspect of just like the emotional side to it that clients are feeling like, am I making the right decision? I mean, it it feels like every day, like I wear a therapy hat and I wear my real estate (laughs) hat and it's like walking through the emotions of what people are feeling, you know, or Hey, at the end of the day, like, is this a practical decision? You know? So 
how would you say, I guess, to somebody who has a business or whatnot, how, how would you say as this market has changed for a lot of people, what's kind of been your dialogue and conversation or what you've seen, you know? Yeah. Um, well, uh, probably not too dissimilar from yours at times, especially as it pertains to interest rates specifically. Um, you know, we've, I think interest rates are basically now at a 20, certainly a 22 year high. It might be close to 30 years now. Mm. Um, as we talk today, when I say interest rates, I'm talking always about the federal funds rate. Typically, I imagine mm. you're talking probably about like, what's the mortgage interest rate, yeah. right? So there's a, a delta there. Yeah. yeah, a little bit different there, um, but certainly correlate. Um, and, and so, um, I think that there, everybody wants to be out there and make some perfect prediction. Um, you know, we could talk about uh, a lot of different people's perspectives, um, but in my perspective, I think what I like to to you know uh, default to more than trying to say, oh, here's the perfect prediction that Ted has today, is to sort of weigh out what you know a lot of very educated people would discuss certainly, but also just kind of um, look at what the market's telling us. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, when we talk about the financial markets. A lot of the times it's like uh, you, some people say it's six months forward facing mm-hmm. um, and there's a debate about the exact time frame and all these types of things. But when it comes to interest rates specifically, if you look at the 10 year treasury, it's around 4%, mm-hmm. which basically, you know, you could um, you could you know potentially assume means that the market's saying that interest rates in the future would be around that rate. And you can look at um, the Fed's projections uh, that they've put out. Um, which actually are really similar to a lot of the institutional projections for where interest rates are going right now. Um, like when I say institutional uh, projections, I mean like folks like Goldman Sachs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had uh, the graphs on that. I'd be happy <laughs> to throw them up. But, um, you know, probably uh, not for today. But a lot of them would show you that that's sort of by the time we hit um, – December of next year, they would be predicting we're somewhere around 4% federal funds rate. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, obviously, I don't have a crystal ball, um, but that's sort of what the market is imbibing right now from what we're seeing. Um, and, of course, then on top of that, you would see uh, increased um, rates for mortgages and whatnot. Um, you know, well, there's just a delta usually between mm-hmm. those things. And so when we talk with folks about retirement and navigating that, um, you know, interest rates have huge, huge effects on the values of financial assets, um, the values of, you know, bond holdings. Everyone out there has probably heard plenty about Silicon Valley Bank and all the banking failures and all these types of things. And a lot of that was caused because, you know, bond values, you know, which a lot of people think about, of course, a bond is a conservative asset, a defensive player in a portfolio. Mm -hmm. Those coming down because, because interest rates have hiked so high. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that um, knowing like the data, present- knowing, knowing the data, presenting the data, I think is really important. But like even just a reminder for everybody out there, six months ago, we were talking about like hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. Bloomberg just printed an article uh, with the headline of the summer of disinflation. Mm-hmm. You know, you were just talking about on your July market update in real estate, how prices have come down slightly, mm-hmm. you know, airline ticket costs have come down 18% year over year. Um, you know, China just reported month over month, uh, decrease in, uh, I think it was three tenths of a percent, mm-hmm. um, as far as their sort of inflation rate. Yeah. If you annualize that, that's over negative 3%. That's a huge problem for China. Yeah. Um, and so I, I say that all to say like, you know, Everyone wants you to tune up, tune into the news because there's always the sky is always falling, right? Mm-hmm. And 
if we just zoom out with a little bit of perspective, we might not want to make all of our financial decisions based on a super short term time frame. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, I always tell people like uh, the headlines do more to terrify than to clarify. And I think a lot of people, a beautiful way of putting it. A, I think a lot of people in this market are trying to figure out what the right decision is. So I think we kind of operate the same way. Like, and I think in any way, like if you had a business or you were sort of, you know, served a purpose in a product, obviously there's going to be changes naturally just in how inflation has been sure. being handled and whatnot. But I think educating the consumer and kind of like controlling the narrative to the people that you, that, that like, and trust you to kind of help make them an educated decision is how we kind of debunk, you know, the headlines that everybody thinks like the sky's falling and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I think perspective is super important now. Um, you know, I, I said before, like, I'm really proud of how we've navigated the last couple of years for our clients, but you know, there's no, there's no perfect investment strategy. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just putting, just putting my practical hat on too. It's like, you know, there's no guarantees of just navigating it perfectly. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, sure. You don't want to, you don't want to fight what the fed's doing. You kind of want to just navigate that and get on board. Um, but that kind of perspective, if we zoom out a little bit, I just think really helps because even when you do see volatility and and values drop in your investment accounts, Mm -hmm. you know, we can have a a little bit of a longer term perspective where, Hey, we're not just going to, you know, whether it's your financial assets or a real estate property, get out of, you know, just sell low or, or yeah. you know, get wiped out or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to, to, uh, I suppose articulate like just a little bit of perspective on those yeah. things. Yeah. Well, I think this is, uh, gives a lot of perspective for a lot of people just to build a business, to find that hustle, whether it is something like of an avenue that you've pursued or in real estate or whatnot. So, I just want to say thank you so much for round two, (laughs) part two of this. Um, But if you are needing any financial um, advice or just kind of have uh, questions or whatnot, uh, Ted Thatcher at Pine Brook Financial Group uh, would be happy to service you and give you more in depth, you know, (laughs) more in depth, uh, just like some knowledge and understanding um, if that's a route that you're kind of exploring. So uh, tune in next week for our next episode of the Hustle Podcast and we'll see you then. Thanks, Faith.